0: Basketball in those eight seating games. Tonight, his best playoff ball. How good is it to have him back? How
1: good is it to have him back? I mean, it's great. What it brings us with us in the locker room, uh, especially on the court, you know, is something that you can't get enough of, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, we saw it tonight. I don't know how many, how many points he got, but he really. Uh, the right way, knocking down tough shots and uh, for others. You know, that's the mic that
0: we're going to need. You mentioned playing the right way. Well, back-to-back domination against this Nuggets team. That's different than what we saw during the regular season series. What, in your opinion, has been the spark and the change?
1: It's all team. You know, it's the mentality that we have, the toughness that we have, and the togetherness that we have. Don't give them nothing easy, and we did it for 48 minutes. We're going to keep that mindset, and keep moving the ball, keep sharing the ball, and you know guys are knocking our shots because the shots are easy shots. Because we're moving.
0: Rudy, your dominance in the paint tonight was something else. Just walk me through the adjustments to be able to attack inside with so much success tonight. so much success tonight.
1: I think just playing with force, you know, I try to... Aggressive when I have the ball and, and, and space for my teammates, and you know when my teammates attack the basket, and I'm about to find me or find the shooters. I think it's pretty really hard to guard, and we did a great job
2: doing that tonight.
0: Well, another fun game for us to watch. Great win, Rudy. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Rudy, we'll talk to you soon. You. With Rudy Gobert, and uh, I actually have three things I want to get to if I can with you guys. One, I thought Rudy. Uh, all, there's been an issue for year wanting Rudy to run, 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 run. It's really hard. You're asking Rudy to do everything and then to sprint the floor at full steam, and Rudy ran tonight as well as I've ever seen him. Uh, I thought he I thought he changed the game, running the floor with force the way he just talked about there. So um, I think I think that's one. Um, I thought too what I was going to say just before the we went to Rudy was uh, I sent out a, a tweet to the guys who do Locked On Nuggets who I think was on, on the morning show this morning. And asked whether Denver had switched one through five all year, and the answer was no. So, like, in that sense, the Jazz have broken the nuggets. Like, they didn't have another answer. They went to something they haven't done um, all year long. And then the third one that I think is really interesting and we'll have to see over time if this holds to be true, and I always think these are cliche storylines, but talking to people in the bubble, there's a feeling that this team has really come together. Um, and that the, and that the group is close and considering what unique experience this group went through on March 11th and they frankly weren't close after it um, that that somehow inside the bubble Quinn and whomever else has has got this thing back together in a manner so that they have a camaraderie and a togetherness is wildly impressive
3: yeah I think you're right on and, and want to get Gordon's thoughts on that too David it, uh, there was one moment where Rudy had a big play might have been No, it was in the first half. But, I mean, there was a moment there with Donovan and Rudy that seemed like the old happy-go-lucky kind of jazz where Donovan came up off the bench and gave him a shove right in the chest before a a high five. So, it... it and then, let's not forget that Quinn Snyder in the playoffs is really great. If you give him uh, time to game plan and to adjust, and uh, you heard Coach Wells on with you, David, talking about how you know, regardless of the outcome, he's still going to be up till one in the morning or whatever coach said. You know, uh, breaking this down, I, I think is is who he is and why he's a great coach.
4: You know I think you have to examine both the physical and the mental. And I don't want to get all existential on anybody here, but uh, obviously the Jazz are feeling they're doing what Quinn wants them to do, and they're feeling confident doing it. And once you have that going, then you build this sort of uh, this the aura around your team where you feel like you're not going to miss. And we wondered in that first half after Rudy had those 20 points, what would happen? Would the Jazz be able to hold it together? And, boy, did they ever they didn't make stupid mistakes. They felt comfortable. They got to their spots, both inside and out, and, and took the Nuggets apart. And when you see a team do that, this is about as well as I've seen any, any Snyder coach team play. I mean, you yeah, yeah, a That Oklahoma beauty. City
2: series was something else. Yeah. Like, yeah like, I remember how loaded that Oklahoma City team was. Right, right.
4: Certainly up there. I yeah. mean, it is—it's—it's it's something special to I,
2: I, see. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I mean, Gordon, I think you're right. They're playing as well, but like, we all have a tendency to recency bias, right? Like today was perfection. That Oklahoma City series, they were outmanned, right? That's Paul George mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook, and that was Stephen Adams. I mean, that that team was loaded, and and he he and he had not Quinn annihilated them in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right, Gordon, in this. I can't wait to rewatch the first quarter. Because I thought the Jazz reads were just incredible. Like, I thought every guy made the right read every moment that they needed to. And even though they weren't like having a great offensive quarter, it was just like, wow, there's nothing you can throw at these guys that flusters them. That, so in that sense, Gordon, like preparation-wise, I thought the only time they were flustered was when they suddenly went to one through five switching, and you actually wondered whether the Jazz had not prepared that because Denver hasn't done it all year. So uh, in that sense, I, I, I concur with you completely.
3: Well, you and, uh, you and Boone had a funny moment at the end of the, or toward the end of the first quarter, when uh, you said, Ron, what have they, they done with the pick and roll? And uh, the conclusion you both made was, well, pretty much everything. And then you said, Ron, what <laughs> works? And he said, well, pretty much nothing.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it does feel that way. I I am gonna bring up one other thought. I just think it's worth pointing out. Um, and so this could the series could change on this if Gary Harris returns, things change a little bit. Um, I don't know how close he is or not. Um, but De- Denver is so when you look at pick and roll defense, Gary Harris and Will Barton are like in the top thirty in the NBA in pick and roll defense, maybe even top twenty, like. T- to not have those two guys is a really big deal for them. So, you know, this series could still swing and change if Gary Harris returns because I think that that, you know, honestly, because that could, um, that gives them another defender. And so, what the change that they've made is when they went to one through five switching, they pulled Michael, Michael Porter Jr. out of the game and had five good defenders on the floor. Well, if they, if they suddenly have Gary Harris, then they have another good defender. So that could impact the series. And, and the other thing I would mention, and, and Gordon, a little bit, because I'm apologizing to you for kind of cutting off your thought about the best Quinn Snyder te- uh, executing team. Denver without Barton and Harris this year are minus 3.5 per 100 possessions. Oh. So that's the equivalent of about a 34-win team, 33-win team. So there is a chance that Denver's actually not that good when they're missing two of their top seven guys. Now, we're missing one of our guys, right, and we missed two of our guys to start. So, you know, no sympathy. But that just might be be partially factual to what we're seeing here is that without two players who happen to do the same thing for them, that that really has minimized who they are.
3: Uh, David I think we'll uh, we'll cut you loose getting word that Quinn Snyder is sitting down for his post game availability great call today buddy
2: thank you appreciate it
3: alright there you go we'll cut David and Ron loose looking at Austin Horton uh, should we throw down to Orlando let's go down now another dominating
0: win for you guys but I really want to start with Mike Conley because it's just so impressive to have him leave come back and play like he did today for you guys
5: Yeah, you know I've said it before I'll say it again he's a terrific player and you know he's found a rhythm he's found a rhythm really as the season's gone on and you know it's, it shows I think obviously you know it was important for him to go home and be with his family and I hope I know how glad our guys were to see him back he, uh, he played a terrific game that, that really that's who he is
2: Okay, next question. Tony Jones, the Athletic.
6: Uh, what did you see out of Rudy uh, today? I mean, it seems like, you know, ever since um, the midway point of, of of the first half in game two, he's just been really dominant on both ends of the floor. Um, what did he do today to be so successful? And, and can that be replicated as the series goes on?
5: Like, you know, it's complex in one sense and, and very simple uh, in another. And you know, his commitment to spacing, trusting his teammates, um, but they're finding him, and you know, he's he's doing a great job. He's running, he's picking all. He's rolling to the rim, and then he's he's getting flat. He's allowing, you know, he's allowing our guards to drive the ball and you know that he's on the other end of those drives those guys are unbelievably selfish and his ability to trust them and their ability to trust him that's just that that's it's hard to guard uh, in that sense when there's space and Rudy's responsible for for creating that many
7: times.
8: Okay next question will be from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: You guys had a couple possessions late in the second quarter and a, and a few early in the third where the ball stopped moving as much. You got a little stagnant. You called timeout, and then you guys really seemed to kind of figure it back out and pour it on. What was, what was the adjustment that you made uh, during that stretch? Well,
5: I think, you know, as much as anything, um, you know, our guys are committed to moving the ball. But uh, you're, you're moving it in different ways. Sometimes it's after penetration. Sometimes it's early in a possession. Sometimes it's in a play. Uh, I think we're unselfish and have that. It's, as you said, a team gets tagged. We want a space, but we want to keep playing, play through different actions. And at the same time, the ball moving. Conscious of that, guys are trusting each other. And... When that
9: happens, you know you can run good offense. You
8: staying for the weekend? I am. No. Okay, thank you. Next question will be uh, from Ryan McDonald, um, Deseret News.
7: Quinn, do you feel like you'll have to guard against complacency at all over the next couple of days, just with the way the, the last two games have gone? How how dominant you guys have been, or?
5: you know i think this is the playoffs
7: you know part of the playoffs is being
5: able to get to the next game you know there's games like this that occur throughout a series and um, you know we have to be ready to play the next game and maintain you know our focus and our intensity and that'll be the challenge I think our team is capable of doing that. I think they want to do that, and obviously we're playing against a very good team. I think the score was lopsided, but you know, we've had double overtime games, game a few weeks ago, and um, you know we've had really difficult games with them, you know, throughout the year. Or you know they beat us. Uh, I think we have to just keep doing the things that you feel like we need to do to be successful. Um, you know, and the, some of that stuff. You can't focus on you know, what's behind, you have to focus on what's in front of
10: uh,
8: Okay, we're gonna go Dana Green, ABC four, last question.
10: Hey coach, uh, it seems like the the defensive tone was really set early, only scoring fourteen points in the first quarter. Um you hold Jokic and Murray to twenty seven total. How pleased were th- were with you were you with the entire defensive effort for all four quarters. Hey hey Dana, can you
5: repeat your question? We can't hear (laughs) Oh I think defense is collective. um, and our guys are committed to helping one another and you know if we can continue to do that, play with urgency and and rebound is good we have a chance to get stops and uh, understanding that, you know, those two guys are great players and they're uh And they're going to have big nights. They've had big nights against us recently. So we just have to keep grinding and stay focused as a
9: a, a group. Okay, thank you, Coach.
5: Thanks.
3: All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. The Jazz mopped the floor with the Nuggets this afternoon in Orlando, 124-87. to We get the postgame kicked off next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz win big over the Denver Nuggets. They take a two-games-to-one lead in their best-of-seven Western Conference playoff series, 124-87. to 87, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott with you, and Gordo, <laughs> I don't know if much changed after halftime. There was pretty much a beating from the end of the first quarter on.
4: And that's what happens when, you, when you're feeding the ball to Rudy Gobert and he's just dominating down low. And then you turn to, say, Mike Conley, who hits, what, seven? What did he, what he hit? He hit uh, a, a ridiculous amount, I mean, of accurate shots. Uh, nine of 13, seven of eight from three. I mean, when you're getting those that kind of one-two punch, no wonder the Nuggets were feeling loopy.
3: And uh, Conley was was unconscious. I mean, just an incredible performance. His third highest scoring output tw- with 20 of his – playoff output of his career, excuse me, 27 points. <laughs> 9 of 13 shooting, 7 of 8 from 3, which is just amazing. Uh, Donovan Mitchell this afternoon, uh, 20 points on 5 of 13 shooting. He was 8 of 9 at the line. He had four boards and assists. You mentioned Rudy. Uh, Rudy, 24 and 14, most of that damage coming in the first half. But, you know, they – This is the help. Uh, Gordon, I know you've talked about this a lot. This is the help that they got Donovan Mitchell. This is, uh, you know, Mike Conley. It's exactly what we talked about. Donovan doesn't need to score 57 of the rest of the guys are getting it done. And tonight or this afternoon, it was Conley and Gobert, and they only, well, they didn't even need 20 from Mitchell, to be honest. That beat down. And so, you know, you allow him to have just 28 minutes. Uh, In fact, a lot of guys got some rest. And just I'm sure Donovan was happy to let Rudy and Mike dominate a game.
4: Yeah, like you said, I mean, well, it's rat-a-tat-tat here, you know, 27, 24, 20, boom, 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 boom. And then George DeAng throwing in 16, and Clarkson with 11, and and then the other guys weren't exactly stagnant. I mean, they were doing, they were contributing in other ways, moving the ball. We keep hearing that over and over again, move the ball, move the ball, and that's what they're doing. But uh, Quinn Snyder essentially saying, hey, can't look back, got to look forward. But something tells me that unless something drastic changes on the part of the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz are just punishing them.
3: And I think a lot of tonight obviously had to do with how the Jazz played, but the Nuggets were really bad. I mean, you don't lose. You don't lose by that much and, and not be bad. But the Nuggets were really bad. I mean, yeah, Rudy, Rudy pushed Joker around today all day. Yeah. Uh, Jokic with only 15 points, he had six assists, five rebounds. In fact, in this series, Jokic's assist numbers have been way down. Jamal Murray had 12 points and six assists and five boards, but both those guys basically ineffective, and both those guys didn't even play in the fourth quarter.
4: Oftentimes, what I've seen in in uh, tough, tough competition situations. When one team or one individual, if it's an individual sport, when they are just playing at a certain level, it's easy for the other team to sort of lose it. And that's what we're seeing out of the Nuggets right now. I mean, even if the Jazz had if the Jazz had, had scored one more point in the first game, the Nugs would be down three zip right now. I mean, if I'm Michael Malone, I I am really worried about the psyche of my team, and and it, it doesn't just happen; it happens for a reason. And the Jazz, the way the Jazz are playing, is that reason.
3: Use the nickname Nugs. I've never heard that before. I don't know why I cringe, just to, but but I suppose that's a good nickname. The I've Nugs. I've
4: been using that nickname for years. No, man.
3: You, I've never heard you use you know, that nickname. Yeah, man. The Nugs. I, I, I,
4: Yes, the nugs. That's what they are. Well, the <laughs> I nugs- spell it differently than maybe others. I just leave it at the single G, but that's uh, neither here nor there. My point is that the Jazz are causing this kind of collapse on the part of the Nuggets. It's not happening just for some for no reason at all, and and they. I mean, Malone better find some answers in a hurry, or else his team, his team is hurting big time.
3: Well, I you know, uh, Gordon, I, I don't like uh, you know necessarily to give uh, others on the station a whole lot of credit, but uh, just kidding, Scotty uh, was right on the money today in the pregame where he said, uh, basically,
0: please, when you
8: ask a question, speak up. Uh, Kristen, do you want to ask one more follow-up?
0: sorry guys I'm on the other one with Mike okay I didn't know yet okay we're gonna move on if you don't have another question for Rudy hey Mike oh my gosh what a game to come back (laughs) okay apologies for that we're gonna move on to Ben Anderson KSL sports
11: Rudy when you are playing that well like you did in the first half what does it feel like you're doing what do you notice in your own game that's working so well I just try to set the tone, uh, mostly, of course, on the defensive end. But offensively, try to be a force and
12: and be aggressive. And, you know, whether it's setting screens or in the floor or uh, finishing and, and being aggressive, you know, it's all about trying to set the tone.
8: Okay, next question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: Rudy, when they're defending like that, where are you getting your opportunities in the flow of the offense?
12: Uh, I think that the, the same way I usually do, you know, it's all about, uh, it's all about the way my teammates are able to attack and, and, and either find me or find the open man. And, you know, no matter what defense uh, they throw at us, we, we know how to, they know and we know how to lead how to that defense and, and try to make the right decision, you
2: know. Okay, uh, next up, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey,
6: Rudy, how much soul searching did you do, you know, in the last few months, just in, in the in the vein of, hey, you know, trust your teammates to get to get you the ball when you're open and just, you know, shrugging off one play, get to the next play. And how important has this series been for you?
12: We know what the goal is, you know, but it's, it's great to be able to be back out there and to be able to bear the highest level. And, you know, we, I think we have a, a great group and we have a great opportunity and i think i'm proud of that and i can be in a, either in a positive way or in a negative way you know so it's all about
8: uh um, keep doing what i what I do best for my teammates keep, keep getting better and if we do that i think we we're gonna be in a great place okay um we have dana green next abc four
10: Hey, Rudy, with all that Mike has been through the last five days, how amazed are you that he comes out with a performance like that? Seven of eight from three-point range, 27 points. Um, I mean, what what was the talk in the locker room about his performance tonight? I
12: mean, we're very excited to have him back, obviously, but... uh... It's the mic we know, you know, Mike is, uh, like I said, you know, in the, uh, since, we, since we got in Orlando, he's been playing great basketball. And, uh, you know, and tonight he really, uh, he really stepped up for us. And we, we needed that. And, you know, hopefully we we'll get that aggressive mic every night. And, and I think we will.
2: Okay, that's all the questions we have for today. Thank you, Rudy. Thank
13: you.
3: Game night, post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz win big over the Denver Nuggets. They take a two-games-to-one lead in their best-of-seven Western Conference playoff series, 124-87. to 87. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott with you and Gordo. <laughs> I don't know if much changed after halftime. There was pretty much a beating from the end of the first quarter on.
4: And that's what happens when, you, when you're feeding the ball to Rudy Gobert and he's just dominating down low. And then you turn to, say, Mike Conley, who hits, what, seven? What he, what he hit? He hit uh, a, a ridiculous amount. I mean, accurate shots. Uh, nine of 13, seven of eight from three. I mean, when you're getting those that kind of one-two punch, no wonder the Nuggets were feeling loopy.
3: And uh, Conley was was unconscious. I mean, just an incredible performance. His third highest scoring output tw- with 20 of his playoff output of his career, excuse me, 27 points, <laughs> 9 of 13 shooting, 7 of 8 from 3, which is just amazing. Uh, Donovan Mitchell this afternoon, uh, 20 points on 5 of 13 shooting. He was 8 of 9 at the line. He had four boards and assists. You mentioned Rudy. Uh, Rudy, 24 and 14, most of that damage coming in the first half. But, you know, they – this is the help, uh, Gordon, I know you've talked about this a lot. This is the help that they got Donovan Mitchell. This is, uh, you know, Mike Conley. It's exactly what we talked about. Donovan doesn't need to score 57 of the rest of the guys are getting it done. And tonight or this afternoon, it was Conley and Gobert, and they only, well, they didn't even need 20 from Mitchell, to be honest. To that beat down. And so, you know, you allow him to have just 28 minutes. Uh, in fact, a lot of guys got some rest, and just yeah, I'm sure Donovan was happy to let Rudy and Mike dominate a game.
4: Yeah, like you said, I mean, well, it's rat-a-tat-tat here, you know, 27, 24, 20, boom, 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 boom. And then George Yang throwing in 16, and Clarkson with 11, and and then the other guys weren't exactly stagnant. I mean, they were doing, they were contributing in other ways, moving the ball. We keep hearing that over and over again, move the ball, move the ball, and that's what they're doing. But uh, Quinn Snyder essentially saying, hey, can't look back, got to look forward, But something tells me that unless something drastic changes on the part of the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz are just punishing them.
3: And I think a lot of tonight obviously had to do with how the Jazz played, but the Nuggets were really bad. I mean, you don't lose you don't lose by that much and and not be bad. But the Nuggets were really bad. I mean, yeah, Rudy, and, Rudy pushed Joker around today all day. Yeah. Uh, Jokic with only 15 points, he had six assists, five rebounds. In fact, in this series, Jokic's assist numbers have been way down. Jamal Murray had 12 points and six assists and five boards, but both those guys basically ineffective, and both those guys didn't even play in the fourth quarter.
4: If it, if it, oftentimes, what I've seen in in uh, tough, tough competition situations. When one team or one individual, if it's an individual sport, when they are just playing at a certain level, it's easy for the other team to sort of lose it. And that's what we're seeing out of the Nuggets right now. I mean, even if the Jazz, hadn't, if the Jazz had, had scored one more point in the first game, the Nugs would be down three zip right now. I mean if I'm Michael Malone I I am really worried about the psyche of my team and and it, it doesn't just happen it happens for a reason and the jazz the way the jazz are playing is that reason.
3: Use the nickname Nugs. I've never heard that before. I don't know why I cringe just to, but but I suppose that's a good nickname. The I've Nugs.
4: been using that nickname for years.
3: No, man. <laughs> I've never heard you use oh, that nickname. Oh yeah man I've Nugs.
4: I, I, Yes, the nugs. That's what they are.
3: Well, the <laughs> I n-
4: spell it differently than maybe others. I just leave it at the single G, but that's uh, neither here nor there. My point is that the Jazz are causing this kind of collapse on the part of the Nuggets. It's not happening just for some for no reason at all, and and they. I mean. Malone better find some answers in a hurry, or else his team, his team is hurting big time.
3: Well, I, you know, uh, Gordon, I, I, don't like, uh, you know, necessarily to give uh, others on the station a whole lot of credit, but uh, just kidding. Scotty uh, was right on the money today in the pregame, where he said uh, basically the Jazz need to tighten up their defense because you know the Nuggets aren't going to guard anybody, and the Jazz are probably going to play some pretty good offense, but. Can they really show some bite defensively? And I think Scotty was right. I think we saw some bite defensively out there from the Jazz, and the Nuggets just didn't respond at all.
4: Well, remember, this is the same team that beat the Jazz on their home floor when they had, like, what, seven players? Remember that? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this team is capable. I understand they're they're lacking a couple of their players, but so are the Jazz. So what? You know, go well, out and compete.
3: Well, nobody feels... Here, I'll, let me let me put it this way. I mean, nobody's going to feel bad. Uh, injuries happen to everybody. But give the Jazz credit because they are attacking um, the weaknesses that the players that they're missing create. And I know that sounds kind of like an obvious take, but uh, Locke has talked about it over and over and over again, how without those two players in particular, Gary Harris and Will Barton, who are their two of their three best on-ball pick-and-roll defenders, if you miss those two guys... I mean, let's. Locke had this in the in the broadcast, and I wonder it'll be interesting to pay pay attention going forward. But can you play Michael Porter Jr. for the rest of the year or the rest of the season? Playoffs, jeez. Uh, Can you play him, or are you just going to guarantee a loss if you do? Because they just they went at him on every single play. So who do you play? Who do you go to? So I mean, so
4: so how would how would you evaluate craig how would you evaluate jeremy grant i mean these guys these guys aren't aren't uh, I mean, they are
3: they are tough players aren't they uh, well i mean the, the problem is they have one of them i mean so if you run pick and roll as much as the jazz do i mean keeping tory craig actually guarding donovan mitchell is not easy And Jeremy Grant's a really nice player, but he's not a great on-the-ball defender. He's a decent off-ball defender because he's long and he's smart, but he's not somebody who's going to go out there and and take Donovan Mitchell out of the game. Michael Porter Jr. can't guard a chair. Paul Millsap looks like he's 105 years old out there. (laughs) Jamal Murray has never played defense. Nikola Jokic, everybody's like, oh, look at all this weight he lost. All that has done is allow him to get pushed around by Rudy Gobert. So I mean, what's the answer? Noah Vonleh? I don't think so. So I thought
4: I thought I thought it was the Jazz
3: were supposed to suffer so so mightily because
4: of the absence of Bogdanovich. Is that what everybody was
3: saying? Not defensively.
4: Uh, I I get it. I understand it. But didn't didn't we say? I mean, I thought I heard it on the Big Show. Somebody was talking about how how difficult Craig is. And, and how much pressure he can put on Donovan Mitchell. Did I not hear
3: that? Yeah, you were super wrong about it, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, think, I think Craig is really good. But give Donovan Mitchell credit, because if you look at their, their past going up against each other, Craig has presented some problems. But Donovan, you know, student of the game that he is, he's figured out ways to get the switches that he wants, and he's figured out ways to, uh, to attack Craig. And, and getting Craig some fouls hasn't hurt either. So uh, you, you know, I still think Torrey Craig is a good defender, but when you're the when you're the lone guy out there, Gordon, uh, you know it's it's tough because all you have to do is set a couple of picks, get the switch that you want, and then we saw Denver start to switch everything in the set in the end of the first half, and it seemed effective. And Jazz figured it out in the second half, getting those mis- mismatches with Gobert that you're talking about. So. All right. Uh, you know, there's, there's just not, you know, if you don't, we know this, Gordon, if you don't have the personnel, it's, it's really tough sometimes to adapt. And this is why you've got to give Royce, a guy like Royce O'Neal some credit, because he's going out there and playing good defense and doing the dirty work. Because the, as we saw in game number one, the Jazz don't have a ton of one-on-one defenders themselves. So that puts a lot of pressure on Royce, just like it does Torrey Craig.
4: Well, I understand what, uh, what, what could be said. If you want to start making excuses for the Nuggets, but uh, and the Jazz did shoot fifty-one, better than fifty-one percent, but how do you explain the thirty-seven percent shooting by the Nuggets?
3: Well, partly is a bad night. That's what I was trying to get to earlier. I mean, partly the Nuggets just didn't play that well. But the Jazz. And
4: what, were, was, what was game two?
3: I think, I think, let me put it this way, I don't think the Nuggets played well in either game, but I think the defense was more a recipe in today's game than it was game two. Do you disagree with that? For the Jazz. For, the, for the Jazz. I thought the defensive yeah. bite was better today than it was in game number two. And then when you have that kind of defensive bite,
4: and then at the other end you have Mike Conley hitting, like we talked about earlier, nine of 13 from the floor, seven of eight from deep. I mean that's just a punch. That's just punch right in the nose.
3: All right, uh, for those of you, uh, well, actually, we'll say good uh, afternoon, not good night. Good afternoon to our network stations. Uh, game number four is coming your way on Sunday. Tip off for, for that game will be at seven o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll get you more post game sound and we'll continue to break this one down as well. One twenty four to eighty seven is your final. The Jazz beat the Nuggets, take a two games to one series lead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott Gordon Monson with you. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz victorious in a big way over the Denver Nuggets, one twenty four to eighty seven. It's uh, time to take a look at your postgame stats, the sharp stats of the game, brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz shot 51.2% from the field uh, today, 48.6% from three, 18 of 37. They were red, uh, led by Mike Conley's 27 points as he makes his return to the bubble after having a son. He was 9 of 13 from the field, 7 of 8 from three. Rudy with 24 and 14, had 20 of those in the first half. Donovan Mitchell had 20 points, 4 rebounds, and an Assist coming in off the bench, George Niang with 16, Jordan Clarkson with 11. A lot of production, really, across the board. This was truly a, a team effort for the Jazz.
4: Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. It was collective, and as you were watching the game in the first half, Rudy Gobert and the guys feeding him the ball over and over again and uh, you know finding great success off dribble penetration and whatnot, and we thought in the second half, watch out. The only way the Jazz can blow this is if they if they contribute to it, and we didn't see it. We saw it, we saw it for a, a, a smidgen, and then next thing the Jazz just took off, and that's when it looked like to me and you said it earlier, Jake. The Nuggets quit. I mean, they 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 just blew engine parts all over the road and did not respond in any productive way. The Jazz killed them for it.
3: Well, like uh, game number two, I mean, the Jazz put it away in the third quarter. I mean, when I say quit, I, I mean it quite literally. I mean, uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray were off the floor before the end of the third, and we didn't see them again. So, I mean, that, that was as much of a concession as anything else. In fact, in the third quarter there, Gordon, uh, the Jazz outscored the Nuggets 35-20. to 20. And, you know, yeah. if, you're down 30, if you're down 30 at that point, just like we saw game number two, I mean, you might as well conserve your energy. Uh, Locke made a good point that Jokic uh, had to cut his rest time short in the first half just to try to stay in the game. So at that point, there was really no fighting back. And uh, Jokic, 6 of 13 for 15 points. Gordon, that's got to be one of his most pedestrian games of the year. Jamal Murray had his second consecutive game where he was ineffective. So
4: I I have to believe that Mike Malone just circled the way. He just, he just got the guys together and said, okay, we'll, we'll live to play a different day. But I'm starting to wonder because I was waiting. I saw some adjustments on the part of the nuggets on the part of Malone, but they couldn't execute it properly. And the jazz just tore them apart on account of that (laughs) fact. And now mighty momentum is, is flowing in the jazz's direction and I'm not sure the Nuggets have answers. We'll we'll see.
3: Well, in a big way, because I, I certainly didn't expect them to massacre the Nuggets two games in a the row. Game. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I was I was telling Locke, I think you heard uh, during Crosstalk, like I don't know what I expected from today's game. You know, the Jazz winning certainly would not have been a surprise with Conley's return, but I didn't expect him just to wipe him off the floor. Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was crazy. Yeah. Just another beating delivered.
4: Well, everybody always says, oh, momentum really doesn't mean anything in the playoffs. You know, you have a big, you suffer a big loss. And, you, you know, the statistics show that it doesn't really mean that much. But, man, the way the Jazz are playing right now I'm not, and the Nuggets, you can blame their injured players if you want. But you can only imagine what it would be like if Bogdanovich were shooting his 42 percent from three as well. I mean. So it goes both ways and, and you got to play with who you got and right now the nuggets aren't responding.
3: Well, you don't lose by 37 because you're missing a couple of guys. so I right. mean that certainly was not the uh, big issue uh, this afternoon. Let's go back to Orlando. Uh, Rudy Gobert is addressing the media.
11: Rudy, when you are playing that well like you did in the first half, what does it feel like you're doing? What do you notice in your own game that's working so well?
12: I, don't know, I just try sort to of send it all. Uh, mostly, of course, on the defensive offensively, try to be force and, and be aggressive and, you know, whether it's setting screens or in the floor or finishing and, and being aggressive, you know, it's all about trying to set the tone.
8: Okay, next question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: Rudy, when they're defending like that, where are you getting your opportunities in the flow of the offense?
12: Uh, I think that, that the same way I usually do, you know, it's all about, uh, it's all about the way my teammates are able to attack and, and, and either find me or find the open man, and, you know, no matter what defense uh, they throw at us, we, we know how to, they know, and we know how to, how to lead that defense and, and try to make the right decision, you
2: know. Okay, uh, next up, Tony Jones, The Athletic.
6: Hey Rudy how much soul searching did you do you know in the last few months just in, in the in the vein of hey you know trust your teammates to get to get you the ball when you're open and just you know shrugging off one play get to the next play and how important has this series been for you
12: we know what the goal is, you know, but it's, it's great to be able to be back out there and to be able to play at the highest level and you know, we, I think we have a, a great group and we have a great opportunity and I think I'm proud of that and I can be in a, either in a positive way or in a negative way, you know, so it's all about um, keep doing what I, what I do best for my teammates and keep, keep getting better
8: and if we do that, I think we, we're going to be in a great place. Okay, um, we have Dana Green next ABC4.
10: Hey, Rudy, with all that Mike has been through the last five days, how amazed are you that he comes out with a performance like that? Seven of eight from three-point range, 27 points. Um, I mean, what what was the talk in the locker room about his performance tonight? I mean,
12: we're very excited to have him back, obviously, but... it's the mic we know, you know, Mike is, uh, like I said, you know, in the, uh, since, we, since we got, you know, in Orlando, it's been great basketball and, uh, yeah. you know, and tonight he already, uh, he already stepped up for us and we, we needed that and, you know, hopefully we can get that aggressive mic every night and, and I think we will.
0: So what about the
3: All right, that was Rudy Gobert. Great, great afternoon for Rudy in the bubble, no doubt. Uh, 24 points, 14 rebounds, had a steal. He didn't get credited for a block, which I thought he had one right there at the beginning of the second half, but no official block shots for Rudy this afternoon. And, you know, we talk about the big matchup with Jokic uh, against Rudy. I think few people considered could Jokic uh put up much resistance to Rudy Gobert's offense at least not a lot of national pundits were talking about that
4: no no but uh Rudy has uh tilted the uh <laughs> the playing surface in his direction over these last couple of games and in the first two games you saw that uh Jokic was yeah, I think he had like 57 58 points in the first two games combined but uh the momentum you could feel that change in game 2 and I believe given if I'd been Scoring the boxing match. I would have given game two, round two, to Rudy. And game three was just, uh, yeah, like you said, it is just an absolute uh, kick in the shorts. Rudy was, they were worried about Rudy big time after what he did early, as they should, and that left that gave great opportunities to everybody else.
3: Well, and I know we've talked a lot about Harrison Barton not being there, but Denver's kind of has to have a different defensive philosophy where they don't want to funnel everybody to Jokic. I mean, that's just a bad idea because yeah. Jokic isn't a strong defender, so you need and Harris and Barton and uh, and Craig out on the perimeter protecting Jokic, whereas the Jazz can get away with some slippage on the perimeter because there's Rudy right there to clean things up.
4: Yeah, as comprehensive as Rudy is to the Jazz's defense, not only covering Jokic but all, or whoever he's guarding, but also having to sort of play everybody else and guard the rim – Uh, that's the same thing with Jokic on the offensive end for the Nuggets. He's busy down there. He should be. He wasn't today. But ordinarily, he'd be very busy down there. And so he can't take on, even if he could do it, I'm not sure he's wired that way or physically capable, really, of of playing really tough, tough defense. Uh, if, If he were to play like that at both ends, I think they'd probably have to wheel him off the
6: floor.
3: Gordon, let's look at the points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Uh, the Jazz, what do they have in the paint at uh, half, Gordon? 30, I think, if I was not mistaken. I think so. Uh, uh, a little bit different in the second half, of course, considering uh, the, the starters didn't even play in the fourth quarter. But here's your points in the paint. 48 to 32. So Denver closed that gap a little in the second half. But I don't even know if that counts, Gordon. <laughs> uh, given that they, it was two completely different teams playing the entire fourth quarter.
4: Yeah. I mean, statistics really in this game, uh, I'm not sure what, what they really matter because it was so such a lopsided butt-kicking. I mean, they okay, at the end of the game, throw that in if you want. But uh, we saw what we saw with our own eyes. This is one of those games where you don't have to look at the numbers. All you have to have done is seen the game. And you, uh, and that told the story,
3: lopsided like one of our arguments. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 hey, hey Austin, Subaru Outback.
4: Austin, I'm waiting for you to play it. Available Please now, Mark it.
3: Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. It was a one sided affair. Play it, Austin, <laughs> one twenty four to eighty seven. Please, Jazz win. One more sound from the locker room? Coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs> I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. One twenty-four to eighty-seven is your final. The Jazz have now at two games to one lead in their best-of-seven series with the Denver Nuggets. And, Gordon, when the Jazz win, you win. Every uh, The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom-round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using promo code Jazz, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. How about a little, a little hot and ready? It tastes pretty good at the moment, don't you think, Gordell?
4: Yeah, right now, pie in the sky, man.
3: Wow, it sounds... <laughs> what do you mean pie in the sky? The Jazz are sore. Man. Okay, <laughs> all right. All right, sorry. It took me a minute to come along with that one. Uh, let's get a look at your assist feature. We're going to hear from Mike Conley coming up here mo- uh, momentarily. But uh, assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships has donated $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you. Gordon, this, of course, is a statistic you've had your eye on over this playoff series. The Jazz had 27 total assists today led by Joe Ingles, who didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but had eight assists to go along with his two points. Uh, Mike Conley had four. Royce O'Neal had four. Jordan Clarkson had four coming in off the bench. Jawan Morgan had three. So the Jazz moved, uh, still moved the ball around pretty well.
4: And what's the stat when the Jazz? Get 26 or more assists. I mean, they have this super lopsided winning percentage. It's, uh, you can almost take it to the bank.
3: Yeah, which our, our friend uh, uh, tweeted to you as well. You're going to make me scroll all the way through this? Our friend Tyson Ewing uh, sent this to us and, uh, wasn't
4: it like 46 and 15 or something
3: like that? Let's see. In the Donovan Mitchell era. Uh, let's see here. Let me get the right one here. Um, see, you're making me scroll back through this. Uh, Gordon. It's worth it. It's really
4: rather remarkable.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Oh, Gordon, you are the worst. Let's see here. I
4: apologize. I, uh, the point is that when the ball moves like that, here you go. Here it is. All right, the Jazz are, very are difficult to beat.
3: Are sixty-seven and eleven when they get twenty-six or more assists?
4: Sixty-seven and eleven,
3: winning percentage of eighty-five point nine, courtesy of our friend Tyson Ewing. I mean, that's like Jordan's Bulls. Well, it is over several seasons, but yeah, <laughs> we get your point. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the winning percentage. That's. That is, uh, if if
4: I'm Quinn Snyder, before every game and at every practice, I say, you guys get 26 or more assists, we're going to win. You know? So pass the ball. Of course, in order to get those assists, you have to make your shots. And so it's the chicken or the egg. Does Does the assist lead to the score or does the score stack up the assist total?
3: Well, and what's the other team doing, too? Because that switching defense uh, really makes it hard to get assists. And the Jazz made Denver pay for doing that today. Because Denver never does that, by the way. And they're not good at it. And the Jazz <laughs> made them pay. But in those, in those series against the Rockets, I mean, we were seeing some really poor assist nights. And it wasn't necessarily because they were hogging the ball. It was because of the way Houston was playing. So,
4: And it was the way the Jazz were shooting the ball. Joe was having a tough time shooting. They were building walls around Donovan. Yeah, that's the whole reason they went out and got Bogdanovich and Conley.
3: Well, Conley uh, certainly gave him a boost today. There's no doubt about it. In fact, let's throw things back to Orlando, where Mike Conley is addressing the media. All right, Mike, we're going to start with Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV.
0: Hey, Mike. Oh, my gosh. What a game to come back to for you. You made it just look so seamless and effortless. How much uh, of tonight was playing for uh, baby Elijah with him on your mind? Um, You know, first of
14: all, it was, you know, I always play for my kids, especially now with the third. Um, Just makes it that much more, you know, evident, that much more of a purpose when you're out there playing. But uh, really it was just a joy to be out there with the guys. Uh, I know how much they supported me through this process and and how much they wanted me back out on the court. So I'm just happy to have uh, got to go out there and play with them. Christian, do you have another one?
0: Oh, yep, I'm here. Um, I I think for you, Mike, just – We've been talking about how you've been finding your groove during the seeding games uh, today. What were you, How were you able to just play so well and, and find your groove against this Nuggets team?
14: Um, you know, really, it, it, the guys made it easy. Uh, our team, uh, the coaching staff, you know, put me in positions to be successful, uh, you know, with Donovan and Joe and Rudy all making plays for, for everybody around us. Uh, it, you know, you get good looks, you get in a good rhythm. So uh, I didn't really have to, to press too much to try to, to, to you know, get anything going. So, um, you know, Royce is another guy who's really getting the blender started for us, and he's been huge. So, I mean, it's just just playing the game. You know, I know how to play. Uh, I've been here before. I know what I'm doing. And uh, just shutting out all the noise and go out there and have fun. Sarah Todd, Deseret News.
9: Hey, Mike. But, um, were you... One, were you able to watch games one and two, and then if you were, were there things that you saw in those games not being on the court that you knew that you'd be able to exploit once you were there?
14: Uh, yeah, I watched both games, and uh, there were things I saw just uh, just from watching. And um, you know, first I, you know, I thought our team, the things I saw that my our team was doing, they were they were you know taking advantage of different things offensively, defensively, the effort that they were playing with. For all things that i knew that when i came back i had to continue to do uh in order to be on that court and make our team that much better so um know, yeah, i just wanted to go out there and, and, and lay it all on the line for the guys and um and they did it the
7: same way and uh we got another win uh we got one from eric Walden, salt lake tribune hey mike yesterday uh quinn was asked about what it would take to get you reintegrated and he said that you being gone two games was the equivalent of you sitting out six minutes of the first quarter. Did it feel uh, very natural just being right back out there and, and getting right back into things? Uh, yeah, it
14: did. It felt felt really natural. Uh, like I said, the coach made it really easy on me. The players made it easy, really easy on me. Uh, if you knew what I just went through uh, in the quarantine and, you know, being locked up all day and, you know, being able to go outside for 30 minutes of the day just to, dribble the ball in the parking lot. Uh, You know, not being able to play. Being on that court was all I was thinking about uh, other than my family. So, um, I'm just just thankful to be back and um, looking forward to the rest of the series. Uh, Ryan Miller, KSL.com.
11: Hey, kind of along those lines, what was it like watching game two from a hotel room?
14: Um, It was, it was very hard. I, you know, for me, I'm not a guy that gets nervous during games, but I I was about as nervous as you can get just, preparing for the games, just like watching them on TV. I'm like a super fan and um, I get anxious. So, yeah, I start to sweat. I'm sitting there and I'm yelling at the guys on the screen and uh, texting the guys that, you know, during the game, even though I know they're not going to respond. I'm just, you know, just giving them my thoughts and stuff. Just um, just being a fan and being supportive. But uh, it was definitely hard to watch uh, without me being out there. But for us to get away, you know, one of the two, uh, the first games was, was great. Uh, we have one from
6: Haram Tadu.
10: Hi, Mike Guilherme from Brazil. Congratulations on the win. Uh, you have been in far too many playoff series to think that the job is done. But how confident are you after two blowout wins?
14: Well, uh, obviously, each win is important for us to have two right now is great. Uh, but also, like I said earlier, whether you win by one or twenty. Um, they're all just one win. And in the same way, if you lose, if you were to lose the night uh, by, by 20 points, we have to come back and, and lace them up and, and come with adjustments for the next game. So um, you're right. You know, I, I've been here. I know that, you know, the series can shift can in so many different ways. We just got to continue to keep fighting, continue to be consistent, uh, to play together, and, and have fun while we do it. Thanks, Mike.
3: That was Mike Conley, who was just terrific this afternoon. 27 points, 9 of 13 shooting, 7 of 8 from 3, just red hot, 4 assists. You, did you hear that part in there, Gordon? I found that really interesting where he said while he was in isolation all he could do was dribble in the parking lot. <laughs> Can you picture Mike Conley down there dribbling in and out between the, the VW Bug and the Ford Taurus? <laughs> I don't know how many of those there are down there. But I know, it just makes for a uh, funny visual
4: yeah and he said he was texting his teammates during the game, and <laughs> hey, you know Donovan, why don't you go left a little more, buddy?
3: hey, there's some probably some scouting report there, I would guess. he's just <laughs> sitting there in isolation, probably watching nothing but cut ups and then to watch the game itself probably gave some pretty good feedback, I would suppose
4: yeah, yeah it's he he was feeling it today, and I kept thinking as I was watching him perform today, I was thinking about the early returns. On the way he played for the Jazz back in uh, November, you know, uh, it was a little rough for him back then. But I don't think any Jazz fan was even thinking anything about that today, as they were watching him just dissect a, an opponent in the in the playoffs. It was it was really a stellar performance.
3: You know what? I I think all that narrative about him digesting his new role I think it was one hundred percent legit. I think he was the guy for his entire career where, it, you know, he was the engine. He was the decider, as a former president once said. He was the one who, who laid everything out and, and his team win or lost based on how he played. And I'm, I'm speaking kind of on the whole. Yeah, I, I realize there were other good players in some of those Memphis teams, but I think you get my point. He comes to the Jazz and, and frankly, you know, this is Donovan's team. Or Donovan and Rudy, for that matter. I mean, we saw it in, in game one when it came down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And I know Mike wasn't there, but I think you get my point where it was, it was Donovan's show. This is Donovan's show. He's the best player on this team. And maybe with Mike Conley, and we talked about this when he was injured during the year. Maybe too with the with the the break and the layoff. Maybe he just took a step backward, oh, and thought, you know what? I could I just need to bang open shots, create some offense, and fill a role on this team, and and really production, you know. But running the ship, running uh, doing the the directing—that's somebody else's gig. Maybe I can enjoy it a little bit, right? Well,
4: I, I think that people expected him to be able with uh, with the many seasons he's had. In the past, I think people thought that he would pick it up quicker than he did if what you said is true, and he didn't, but then he got hurt, and so then it knocks you off your rhythm and and if he was if he was feeling anything today, it was rhythm i cool. mean when he when he was going up for those shots, did you, did it look like there was any indecision? in his mind at all. He no. looked like he knew it was going to go in. Right. And well, that's the Mike Conley I remember. But I do also remember hearing people say, ah, he's washed up. He's old now. He's lost it.
3: Uh, <laughs> Here, let me <laughs> tell you this real quick, Gordon. It, it, for all the bumps and kids throughout the regular season, if they get to the second round of the playoffs, nobody's going to care. No. Nope. No, Nobody's no. going to care. If they play like they have the last couple of games and they move on to take on the Clippers in the second round, nobody cares. And everybody's just excited about what the potential is for the next season. Well,
4: regardless of whether what he had to learn, how much comfort he needed to find, whatever it was, remember when he was with Memphis uh, He in, in that one playoff game? I think it was after he had his, his jaw or his face broken or something. Remember that mask he used to wear and he yep. came back? And didn't he score like thirty-five points or something? I mean, it was a remarkable showing. So that's—I don't think he's lost that in age. I I think he—that was the same comfort I saw today. And we'll see if he can repeat it. But we've seen him repeat this. This is the way. This was a bit of an exaggeration, but this is the way he's been playing since uh, since the bubble started.
3: Yep, he's been playing his best basketball. There's no doubt about it. And you know, in a weird way, maybe the layoff was just what the doctor ordered for him because he's he's just been terrific. And he was good um after he came back from that injury too, uh, you know, uh, as yeah, got, right before the stop right. yeah, uh-huh. he he was really coming into his own. and then you've you've obviously seen him parlay that in uh, the break into some pretty sharp play. and now the the jazz are really at a point where they could take control of a series with the win Sunday Night. And and lift themselves into the second round, which is even with Bogdanovich was something I didn't necessarily expect with the way that they were playing. So
4: you saw what the predictions were like heading into this series. I mean, everybody was people were giving the Jazz credit because they deserve credit uh, and respect. But every prediction I saw was about six games. I did see a couple sevens and one five, but it's you know nobody expected this.
3: All right, uh, coming up right around the corner, we'll let you hear from uh, Nuggets head coach Mike Malone, which should be uh, pretty interesting. I'm guessing he's not in a particularly good mood. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from the bubble in Orlando. The Jazz beat the Nuggets 124-87. to 87. They have a two games to one lead in the series. We're breaking it down and get you more sound coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz victorious in a big way over the Denver Nuggets this afternoon in the bubble in Orlando, 124-87. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson with you. Jazz now have a two games to one lead in the series. We'll get you back down to Orlando for some sound coming up here momentarily. Let's take a quick look at your master of the glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, local vehicle glass expert proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light donated $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house Uh, This afternoon's master of the glass was Rudy Gobert, Gordon, uh, who had 14 total rebounds. Uh, He had five offensive rebounds, so nine and five. Royce O'Neal with another nice rebounding game as well uh, with eight boards. Uh, The Jazz actually out-rebounded the Nuggets 50-45, to so a nice game on the boards for the Jazz. Yeah, the
4: Jazz just dominated in every way in this game, shooting the ball percentage-wise, getting good shots, getting assists, limiting turnovers, playing defense. Not quitting. Yeah.
3: Well, who can blame him for quitting when you're down 30 in the third?
4: Well, yeah, but <laughs> how did how did you let him get to that?
3: Well, I, mean, I don't know, but, but you live to play another day at that point. Save your guys the effort.
4: Do you? That's the question. Will they live to play another day? Yeah, they'll play, but are they done?
3: Well, I don't know. We'll see if the Jazz have broken the Nuggets. I, I would guess, I would Locke say this in uh, in his broadcast, I would guess we've still got uh, some close games left in this one. I mean, Mike Malone, he's kind of getting blasted on uh, online right now by the Nuggets fans just kind of teeing off, but he's a good coach. I mean, his game plans haven't been real terrific for the past couple of games. We talked about that a little bit yesterday on the big show. But, I mean, he's, he's going to bring something that, <clears throat> that's going to be effective against the Jazz, and the Jazz have to be ready to adjust.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. But these players have to execute what he's drawn up. And so far, especially at the defensive end, they haven't done But if you told me that the Jazz would limit the Nuggets to 87 points in, in this series in any one game, I, I don't think I would have believed that. I mean, that that is a remarkable stat, especially with the way the scoring has been in the bubble.
3: No doubt about it. All right, speaking of the bubble, let's throw things back to Orlando where Nuggets head coach Mike Malone is addressing the media.
4: All right, we'll go ahead and get started and
8: open up for questions. We'll begin with Vic Lombardi. Vic, go ahead.
15: Coach, after what you've seen over these last two games, is there anything you can point to? What, what is missing? What, what is lacking from your team right now?
16: Uh, I would say uh, defense is a great place to start. Um, 124 more points for them, uh, 50 from the field, uh, 18 more threes, and 22 more second-chance points. So uh, I know we talked about it going in, uh, how uh, we have yet to take anything away from them. Uh, You know, you can't get beat from the three-point line. You can't get beat, uh, beat in the paint, and you can't get beat on the glass. And that's just happening for three games now. We've been dominated in all three of those areas. Um, so I would say definitely uh, it starts there. And if you dig deeper into that, I, I think it's just more, uh, I think we give in too easy. You know, our, our group has to be a lot more mentally tough. Uh, we lost this game at the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Uh, they closed the first quarter on, I believe, a 12 to four run. Uh, they opened the second quarter on 11 to two run. It was, it was a wrap. Everything after that, the second half and the last eight minutes of the second quarter was just window dressing. We lost the game in that crucial stretch and uh, that obviously cannot happen against a good team like the Utah Giants.
11: All right, next we'll go to Mike
8: Singer. Mike, go ahead.
11: Hey, Michael, you've said that the playoffs are a time for accountability. Uh, What did you tell your team after today's game?
16: Uh, I'm going to watch the film. I'll watch the film and uh, obviously... Our performance tonight was nowhere close to being good enough uh, from a uh, an effort standpoint, from a competition standpoint, from a discipline standpoint. Uh, we had a stretch, uh, I, I said maybe the last four minutes of that second quarter, where that looked like playoff basketball to me, where guys were actually playing hard, competing every possession. Uh, but you can't do that for four minutes and expect to be in a game. Uh, they're playing at a different level than us right now. And uh, we have to somehow find a way to not only match that, but exceed that going into game number
8: four. All right, next we'll go to Harrison Wind. Harrison, go ahead.
9: Hey, Michael, uh, you you said after game two, their best players played well. We need our best players to play well. Just how would you explain what you got from your top two guys tonight?
16: You know, I'd start off by saying give the Utah Jazz credit. You know, obviously uh, Rudy Gobert dominated us tonight. 24 points, uh, 14 rebounds, 11 of 15 from the field. Uh, Mike Conley dominated us tonight in his first game back. Um, Yeah, and and we're not going to go anywhere if Nikola and Jamal combine for 27 points. You know, I think as you watch every series down here in the bubble, um, the teams that win, the best players are stepping up and playing well. With that said, it's not just on Jamal. It's not just on Nikola. Everybody else has a job to do, myself included. And none of us are performing. Uh, I'm not coaching well enough. We're not playing well enough. And uh, a lot has to change going into game four because this is two games in a row where we've gotten our ass kicked.
8: Next, we'll go to Mark Kisla. Mark, go ahead.
6: Nikola's traditionally played very well against Gobert, and he was fantastic throughout the last playoffs. Um, Every once in a while, he doesn't get too engaged right at the beginning of the game. Any reason that happened in this game?
16: Yeah, that's going uh, to be a great question for Nikola because uh, I, I, I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet. Uh, obviously, um, 15.6 assists, 5 rebounds. Um, those are okay numbers, but for Nikola, obviously, we need more. Um, and especially when Rudy Gobert is having the game that he's having. But it it all starts on the defensive end. I know we only scored 87 points tonight. We had a a roughly, I think, a 6 minutes mark of the first quarter to the nine-minute mark of the second quarter. They went on a 23-6 run. We scored six points in close to nine minutes. Uh, So we have to be better offensively. We have to be better defensively. And Nikola and Jamal have to kind of lead that charge. All right, we've got time for one more, and we'll go to Vic Lombardi. Vic, go
15: ahead. Coach, they seem to be doubling everyone, not, not just Nicola. They sent double teams to everyone trying to get the ball out of guys' hands. I mean, how do you how do you combat that? How do you get the ball around the horn to get a good shot?
16: Well, we got to make shots. You know, I think it's no secret, Vic, that we were able to win game one uh, because we made 22 threes, you know, which uh, I believe might be close to being a franchise record in the playoffs. Uh, tonight we were 12 of 38, so they're daring guys to shoot, you know, they're, they're giving a tremendous amount of help on Nicola, a tremendous amount of help uh, on Jamal Murray. And they're saying, you know, uh, whether it's Paul, whether it's Michael, whether it's Jeremy, uh, whoever else, you guys have to step up and make shots to beat us. So, and the hard thing about it is we're not getting any stops. So we have to play against a set defense in 48 minutes. When we do get stops, we're not rebounding the ball, so we have to play against a set defense for 48 minutes. We, we are playing against a half-court defense the whole night, and that is making it very hard. We're not getting any easy baskets. So we have to find ways to get stops, to rebound, to run, to look to score before they get set. That's one way to combat that. And the other part is guys got to step up and, you know, simply set, make, make shots, and make them pay for putting two on the ball. All right. Thank you, Coach.
9: Thank you.
3: All right, there you go. That's Mike Malone, uh, who uh, whose team did not play well today one twenty four to eighty seven. You know, uh, Coach Malone said there, Gordon, that uh, they're waiting for Nikola and Jamal Murray to lead them out, both offensively and defensively. Well, I don't know. They might be waiting a long time if they're waiting for them to lead out defensively.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. They it's it's a classic example when it, when a when a team uh, plays well at one end, then they'll they they give more effort at the other. And we've seen that with the Jazz quite frequently, and that right now the ball's not going in for the Nuggets, and uh, on account of that, the defensive effort is lame. And uh, it, it's I like what Mike Malone said there. He said uh, we got to play at a different uh, at a different level. We have to be more mentally tough. You know, this team does not look mentally tough to me. It looks fragile.
3: Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, uh, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from the bubble 124-87 Jazz beat the Nuggets take a commanding kind of two games to one lead in the best of seven series. We're we'll wrapping up the post game coming up next. Stay tuned right here on the Jazz Radio Network. 24 to 87 is your final the Jazz smashed the Denver Nuggets in game 3 of their best of 7 playoff series they now take a Two games to one lead in the series. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, with you. Post game brought to you by our friends Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Gordon, uh, let's get to the uh, three point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. The Jazz didn't take as many threes as they have uh, in the previous two games in the series, Gordon, but they sure shot the ball well. Eighteen of thirty-seven uh, for forty-eight point six percent. Uh, Mike Conley in particular, two uh, seven of eight, was just on fire. Uh, George Yang was very good as well, four of six. Royce O'Neal was one of two. Donovan Mitchell was uh, was two of six. And then some of the guys came in off the bench and, and hit a couple. Uh, Rajon Tucker Tucker was one of three. Mie Oni was one of two. Emmanuel Moutier hit his only attempt from three. So Jazz uh, shot pretty well from downtown today.
4: Yeah, and they would have shot more if they would needed to, you know. So uh, I'm as far as the, the deep balls go, but, well uh,
3: I the to your point, I, I thought they got so much in the paint in the first half. Yeah, that's true. I mean <laughs> you know the 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 idea to get more attempts up to kind of eliminate some disparity with size or or uh, missing Bogdanovich or whatever just was not necessary today. but when
4: but when you're delivering the ball the way the jazz were to Rudy Gobert and he's punishing you on the inside like that, that creates spacing. And when you create spacing like that for a good shooting team like the Jazz are, with or without Bogdanovich, you're going to get open looks. Yeah. And uh, and if you get open looks more often than not, you're going to take advantage of that. And that's exactly what the Jazz did.
3: Let's go back to Orlando. Nikola Jokic is addressing the media.
4: And uh, get started here and open up for questions. We'll
8: begin with Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead.
11: And hey, Nicola, uh, the Jazz obviously blew you guys out in game two. Were you surprised at that effort in the first quarter and the second quarter tonight? No. By you guys. Can you say, can you say again? Uh, yeah, the Jazz beat you guys pretty good in game two. Were you surprised that you guys didn't come out with more energy, with more effort, with more engagement in the first half of tonight's game?
13: I mean, I think the energy was there. We just had a a lot of kind of just uh, running around with no reason. We were just, uh, we didn't know what we were doing. It seems like that. The energy was there. We had energy, but kind
8: of didn't go the right way. All right. I have no hands in the moment. We'll go to Mark Kisla. Mark, go ahead.
6: You've played very well, very many times against uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, why did he get the best of you tonight?
13: To be honest, I think I just missed shots. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I took all the shots that I wanted. Um, I mean, the shots that I took, I, I think I'm going to I sleep really good. I mean, I'm gonna, my mind is going to be all right because I think I, I, I took a really good shots and uh, I just missed. So, I mean, he's a great defender. He's a second-time defender. He's two-time defender.
8: So he's a great player, but I think I just missed shots. All right, next we'll go to Vic Lombardi. Vic, go ahead. Nicola, you were down 2-1 to
15: San Antonio in the playoffs last year, and you came back to win that series. Can you lean on that a little bit, or does it even matter at this point? I mean,
13: it's not over. I mean, we, we are, There is still plenty, plenty, of, plenty of games. You not know, just uh, we just need to we just need to play a little bit with more kind of kinda, uh, discipline. I can say like that, and uh, a little bit more um, focused on on uh, the. I would say small thing, going the corners, run with discipline just to be, just to
8: be a little bit more disciplined, in my opinion.
11: All right, next we'll go to Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. Paul, what was the message from Malone after today's game?
13: I mean, I can say that. I mean, it's a mockery
8: thing, so. All right, next we'll go to Eric Walden with the Solid Tribune. Eric, go ahead.
7: Hi. Uh, so the Jazz tonight started just one for nine from three-point range. Seemed like you guys were challenging them well, and then in the second quarter, uh, they really started to go off, be a lot more efficient. What changed? Was it was was it just them making more shots, or did something change defensively from you guys?
13: Uh, I mean, Mike only had he had like six, seven threes, uh, but. Um, I don't know. if we changed something? To be honest, in the second or I, I don't remember. But uh, they were just uh, they were kind of getting open shots. So even if uh, only 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 a couple couple uh, pull up trees. So
8: I don't know. there's something drastically changed, change? I'm not sure. All right, we have time for just one more here, and we'll go to Harrison Wind. Harrison, go ahead.
9: And hey Nicole, after back-to-back losses like this, how big of changes do you think need to be made, whether it's lineups or rotations or game plan, or is it just more of the small things like you were saying earlier? I mean, I think
13: it's just to play, play harder, you know, just to play a little bit. Uh, I think uh, we'll get the rebound, steal the ball, whatever. I mean, we had 11. We had 11 feet from the time. They had 26. That's just saying
3: that they were aggressive. They were attacking the basket. You know, we were just um, kind of doing. All right, there you go. That's Nikola Jokic. Uh, Gordon, he was obviously a little grumpy, and uh, don't blame him because he didn't play very well. Uh, Six of 13 from the field, 15 points, uh, six assists and only five rebounds. I mean, those numbers are way, way down for Nikola Jokic.
4: Check me if I'm wrong on this. And, Austin, maybe you can back me. Did I heard him say, we didn't know what we were doing.
3: Is that what he said? I didn't hear those words exactly. What what context was it?
4: Uh, it was one of the first qu- answers he gave. And uh, he was essentially asked what what, what went wrong uh, and why they played the way they did. And uh, I swear that's what I heard him say. I'll go back and check the tape. But uh, that's uh, – It's a bit of an admission there that uh, needs to be fixed in a hurry.
3: All right, let's go back down to Orlando. Jamal Murray is addressing the media.
8: All right, we'll go ahead and get started and open up for questions and begin with Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead.
11: Hey, Jamal. Um, Malone just said that stretch in the second quarter where you guys started to cut into it, that four-minute stretch, was the only part that looked like playoff basketball to him. Why do you think that the effort level fluctuates uh, from regular season effort to to playoff effort?
9: Uh, I just think, you know, we have a target on our back. You know, the teams are prepared for us and, um, you know, they're gonna give us all they got. And uh, they did that tonight. And, you know, sometimes we think we're good. and we're down 12 at the end of the first. We gotta I just think we gotta hold ourselves to a higher standard. Um, you know, individually and you know, as a squad, as a third seed. Um, we beat a lot of really good teams consistently. We beat them consistently and you no know, for these were the last uh the last two games were the only two wins of you know, this year. So um you know, we just gotta like you said, like uh, you gotta look in the mirror and you know, come back ready to play because the thing out would be mind right now. I've uh, been shooting the ball very well.
8: I'm uh, playing a lot of confidence, so um, it time for us to get ours back. All right, next we'll go to Vic Lombardi. Vic, go ahead.
15: Jamal, what's what's the mood in the locker room right now? Angry, mad, frustrated?
9: Uh, we just got blown out Vic. Um, twice,
8: so. <laughs> all right next we'll go to mark Kisla. mark go ahead
6: that was hard for us to watch but we didn't have to play how how difficult i know you played with a lot of passion in that first quarter how difficult was it to to take that uh, that beating
8: I
9: said we just got one out of
8: twice okay. all right next we'll go to Joel rush Joel go ahead
7: Hey, Jamal. Are there any positives you can find from these first three games that you can build on going forward?
5: No,
9: the only thing we can do right now is turn all these negatives into positives, ease yeah. them to uh, our momentum. You know, it's time to bounce back. Um, we didn't bounce back while this game, so um, it's going to take a group effort. So it's not going to take one person or two uh It's going to take the whole team, you know, from the coaches to the players, training staff, um, seven coaches. to take everybody on the same page and have you know, one goal in the mind. And, um, you know, we've been at this before. We've been down before. Uh, you know, so, it's time for us to respond. All right, we'll go to Vic Lombardi again. Vic, go ahead. Jamal, what are
15: they doing to you know, defensively to keep you guys from getting in your offense quickly? It seems it takes a while just to get the offense in a flow on each possession. What are they doing?
9: Uh. No, it just falls on me then. It falls on me. i um, playing too slow. You know, obviously when we don't get stops, slows our pace. Um, but I got to get this intelligence better. You know, I got to call different plays. I got to have more variety where the, the ball is moving more. Um, you know, so I put a lot of uh, a lot of this on me uh, just in terms of being the point and trying to you know, keep everybody involved and um, everybody play well. So you know, I got to do a better job of play calling and, and pace and, and try to keep the tempo up and, you know, try and get
8: our young guys into it, so um, you know, trying to improve that. All right, we'll take one more question here, and we'll end with Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead.
11: Hey Jamal, uh, Malone's been talking about the defense ever since you guys got to Orlando. You've been talking about it. Can a loss like this serve as a wake-up call, um, given the fact that it's the playoffs now?
9: Yeah, it, uh, it should. Um, and we expect it to, and we expect better from ourselves. So.
3: All right, there you go. That was Jamal Murray, who uh, was even more grumpy than Nikola Jokic, uh, as he did not play well either. Five of 16 for 12 points. He had six assists and five boards. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Gordon, we're actually a little short on time, so I want to get some final thoughts with you before we put this baby to bed.
4: The Jazz uh, have a flow going right now. They're playing everything they're doing right. It seems as though the Nuggets are doing wrong, and you can certainly hear that in the tone of the voices of the players and coaches afterward. So it comes down to what can the Jazz do to continue that positive flow. Uh, keep playing the way they are. Keep doing what they're doing until the Nuggets can stop it. If they can't stop it, then they'll continue to roll. Uh, avoid turnovers. Don't uh, feed the beast or let them off the mat by by getting uh, sloppy yourself. Keep the focus. Keep the force up move forward with it, and if the Jazz do that, I think they'll be in good shape. I'm starting to get the feeling that the Nuggets really don't have an answer for what the Jazz are doing right now.
3: Well, they certainly didn't today, Gordon, nor in game number two, that's for sure. As the Jazz blow away, the Denver Nuggets, 124-87. They have a, a uh, two games to one lead in the series. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, game, let's see, game four is coming your way on Sunday uh, that game will tip off at seven o'clock Sunday night. Pre-game will begin at six. Gordo, thanks for all your work today. Appreciate you, buddy.
4: You too, Jake. It's uh, it's interesting to watch what the Jazz are capable of when they when they do get it going.
3: Jazz win one twenty four to eighty seven over the Denver Nuggets. They take a two games to one lead in the series. And of course, you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.